Also, can I just say, Sundays I've been kicked out of the good room for watching TV. I've got the new, the room with the newest TV and the newest couch. I've now been reserved for um, Strictly Results Show and I'm a Celebrity, and I've got to go and sit in the fucking shitty room watching NFL Red Zone. I don't know if about you two, but that's horrendous chat. I've um, I get moved around for it. Uh, I always get the uh, cinema for the night cinema room. Ridiculous. The home cinema room for uh, nine o'clock, which my wife will refer to as the living room rather than the home cinema room. <laughs> Come on. Sorry, my dog Brady's trying to get in, listen to the podcast, but he's now scratching at the door. I mean, having none, none of it. For you, Paul, you're at least, it's you and your son, so you can outvote your missus, yeah, I guess. I'm really lucky. Yeah, yeah. It's like Josh is involved. Oh, yeah, no worries. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I need, I need my boy to grow up fast. Anyway, yeah. okay, let's, uh, let's dive in. <laughs> Two tight ends, a fantasy football podcast based out of the UK. As ever, I'm uh, one of your hosts, uh, Fitz. I'm commissioner of the Anglo Scott Fantasy Football League and manager of the Chilton Stallions, a franchise running for the last 11 years in the ASFL. Uh, this week, I'm joined by Lino. Lino, how are you doing? You're the here. We'll get into that in, the, in segment two of the show, I'm sure. Uh, and our third uh, person this week is not Flem. Uh, Flem's off this evening. Uh, and it is Paul. Now that music you just heard was Dog Tanyan's theme tune. Just to just explain, you know, I mean, you are the Mouseketeers to me. You're the Musketeers to you. But how do you feel about having the Dog Tanyan theme music to as your uh, as your as your kind of battle cry? Your the the, the music you play your players before a week. <laughs> yeah, fire up the players before they they come out the tunnel. Um, yeah, I feel last season it was. Just this season, oh, I think I'm on the turn. I think maybe, maybe next season I'm going to lose the Mouseketeers. Who knows? Hold on, hold on. You're on the turn. Does that mean something different to you, Lionel? Because I think that means something else to me. Um, I think he's talking purely from a fantasy football perspective. And, uh, <laughs> based, obviously, we don't want to do a spoiler too much, but based on his performance and the fact he's probably now got a winning record. I think we need to start dropping the Mouseketeers and uh, there are far worse franchises to pick on. Oh, well said, true. Rhino. Well said. Oh, we'll see. <laughs> my, we'll see. My, my mind is one of them. Even I'm, <laughs> even I, even I'm picking on them now. <laughs> we'll, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, see, we'll see what comes about in segment two when we give an update on how people have been getting on this week. Um, guys, let's dive straight into segment one, which is our what three things. Okay, guys, so what three things? Um, let's start this week with Paul. What's your thing this week? 
Uh, my thing this week is outstanding performances of the week. Uh, I think there was two players, for me at least, that really did stand out. One, Joe Mixon. Obviously, anybody who has a five-touchdown game is going to be in the outstanding performances of the week. And also, two, somebody who probably doesn't give a lot, get a lot of credit in the league uh, is Justin Fields. He actually set a NFL record this week. So I'd like just to quickly uh, discuss them and get your thoughts on it. Obviously, first up, Joe Mixon, five touchdowns, incredible performance. Five touchdowns in the first half, not even uh, <laughs> the whole game. Absolutely phenomenal. Uh, he set a franchise record for the Bengals. Uh, he had a, a 211 scrimmage yards, four rushing touchdowns, one receiving touchdown. Phenomenal performance. Um, he's been needing that performance, in my opinion, because obviously Bengals runners up last year in the Super Bowl. They haven't quite caught fire this season. They've had sort of stop start type of season. Um, but is this the turning point? What, what do you think of Big Joe's uh, Big Joe's performance? Well, first of all, I was unfortunately uh, missed the red zone. I got back at just towards the end of, the, I think that game pretty much finished by the time I got back. So it was a bit of a, a washout, but I could not believe it when I saw the, the fantasy points. I checked when I was in the traffic jam to see how everyone's scores were going. And I was like, well, but nobody was close. Yeah, incredible. Uh, obviously, I think Kamara did four or five touchdowns a couple of seasons. I think Barry might have reminded us about that a couple of times. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> in, 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 incredible, really. And it's, um, that's always the, I, I saw something about someone posted uh, a thread for all those uh, fancy managers who benched him. Just imagine that. I'm, I, uh, I think that could be, that could be enough for anyone to chuck in the towel and you benched a player who'd, uh, what did he post? 50, 54, 55 56 points? 56 points. 56 points. Yeah, and actually, Which is in, the in our breakaway league. Or some, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's right, yeah. It, yeah in our sweet. breakaway league, my son benched him. He's had Joe Mixon in his team ooh. the whole season. Bring him every in. Every single Bring game. Oh, and benched no. him. He's not did happy. He, did, he, did he still win? Uh, no. <laughs> oh, that's got to hurt. Who was he oh, playing? Was he playing you? No, he was playing Steve, the Wolfpack. Oh, the Wolfpack oh, yeah. GM in your breakaway league. Oh, yeah. that's hurt. Breakaway that's sting. Oh. So, yeah, he's not very happy. In fact, he's just offering him around, trading him. He doesn't even care. He said, I hate the guy. He's got to go. <laughs> oh, he's, he's, he's trying to get rid of him. Oh, yeah. Okay. He said, I just can't be doing uh, with him. But the one thing I'd say is, um, I don't. No, no one's going to be able to repeat this, but he's peaked. He's probably, you could probably get, I know a few, if you wanted to put them in the trade block, I'm sure you'd get I know, a few desperate franchises. Yeah, alligator, sure. alligator, alligators offering everything <laughs> for it. <laughs> to be honest, I'd, I'd probably I'd, oh, I'd need a piece of Joe Mixon. No, I think you're right. He, I mean, I've had him all season. He's just been chugging along. Nothing amazing, but not, not terrible, but nothing amazing. But yeah, I don't think he's going to be pulling out 56 points per week. But no, you, you'll, you'll be disappointed next week when he gets 35. Like, oh, <laughs> I'll take that. <laughs> Actually, he's on a buy uh, next week. So I'm, I don't yeah. know. I mean, let's just say one thing for him, right? Before he's 56 pointer. In weeks one to eight, he got 21 points, 13, 6, 17, 12, 16, 18, 12. It's not like, it's not like, he's not your first name on your team sheet, is he? Not with no. that kind of record of up and down, but it's never really breaking 20 points, really. No. Can, and if can you look at his stats, he's had a lot of runs for the, for the yards. Sometimes he's like 
18 carries for like 50 yards. It's not, yeah. they're not great stats. Yeah. Can you, can you remember where you drafted him? Uh, I actually took him technically in the first round. My first pick was obviously um, Derek Henry, but I had two first round picks and then it was Joe Mixon. I was gunning for Jefferson, but I was pipped to him. So I took Mixon. Okay, so you did. You were very high expectations of it, but yeah, yeah it's a yeah, it's a it's a stellar performance. But you talked Absolutely. about obviously just Justin Fields, who I have a soft spot for him because he was on the QB one uh, Netflix documentary as a kid, uh, high remember school that. thing. Yeah, uh, him, and, him and um, Jake Froome, uh, who's I think the backup QB for uh, the Red uh, I can't say the Redskins, uh, Washington Commanders uh, this this season. So I've, I've, I've followed their their careers um since they since they went through that um but the only thing about his stellar performance is they lost yeah what a shame what did you hold on hold on what did you say paul you said he had a uh, sort of record setting performance yeah Yeah. so last week justin fields broke michael vick's uh, regular season quarterback rush record um, oh. So now the record is 178 yards for a and quarterback in one in, game. In, and a point for which uh, player holds the record in the playoffs. Uh, James, you should know this. Oh, no, you got me. Go on. Uh, Colin Kaepernick. Of course. Cap against Green yeah. Bay. Yeah, I don't know who it was against. It was before <laughs> I was interested in NFL. <laughs> Oh, but wow. Yeah, but Fields in general had a really clean game. I mean, he actually threw three touchdown but passes as well. Again, so. another sell high candidate, another candidate. Who's he going to do that week? I mean, who's your other QB at the moment in your team? Me is Tom Brady. And oh, God, I, keep only him. Picked, I only picked up um, <laughs> Fields this week off of waivers. So what a week to bring him in. He got me 43 points and then, yeah, Mixon as well. So well, let's- uh, two, two musketeers. Let's without, uh, without without Barry bashing, obviously because you, you you beat him. On. How many points did you beat him by? Forty five. Uh, yeah. So yeah. you're gonna regret uh, Mixon peaking so much. You only need <laughs> you you only need a third for a comfortable win. <laughs> well, look, Paul, that's a solid. I mean, really, really solid. One thing from you this week. Uh, two players that really had stellar performances, and you mentioned Brady. Lino, let's turn to your one thing this week. It's 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 one of the things that gets talked about every year. It's not time to write Brady off. That that charge down the pitch, uh, no timeouts. He looks so in control. Here's the snap to Brady. Fakes to Fournette. He throws. It's caught. It's in for the touchdown. Incredible. Tampa Bay takes it 60 yards. And the fourth quarter woes continue for the Rams. Quick screen right here. Throw the ball out to one of these guys. Get your own line. He looked, and I thought he was going to do it. The commentators thought he was going to do it. The opposition thought he was going to do it. His team, who hadn't caught a single pass, it seemed, knew it was going to happen. It was just, it was done so quickly, so efficiently. I don't think any other QB in the NFL could do that. Uh, I know it's been done by a few of them and, and, and that kind of stuff, but just to do it with such against, I could, we saw Matthew Stafford do it last year um, against, uh, was it the, it was against Brady, wasn't it? Um, the Buccaneers in, 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 in the, in the playoffs. Playoff, playoff, playoffs, but he was, he was playing so well at that point. This was somebody Brady who had a horrendous game. 
it looked like I know the off-field woes were getting to him. Um, his receivers, Mike Evans, Godwin, Julio Jones, all look not like they were two years ago. Uh, they were dropping simple catches, and I know, and he's up against Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald knows that one sack ends the game, and just yeah, I don't think another QB could do that. And uh, whilst I, I would agree and jump on the Aaron fan, Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers bandwagon, I, uh, he may be past his best and obviously Brady is past his best but I still think he's an elite quarterback so um, my, my suggestion to you um, Paul is uh, start uh, start Brady over over Fields <laughs> even, even even though he'd have got you 13 points and not 38 is <laughs> I mean look, look at his stats right he got one touchdown in that game I, I, I get your point the drive down the field at the end was very Brady-esque mm. um, the fantasy stats aren't great yeah I mean mm. Your, you, you, who's the team? Rams played the 49ers the week before. Okay. Yeah. Jimmy G got two touchdowns. That's one more touchdown. Uh, Jimmy G, 21 out of 25, like a much better completion percentage. And that was away from home, right? Not playing at home. I'm just, I'm just, I'm no Jimmy fan, by the way. I'm a Niners fan, but I'm not a Jimmy fan. But I, I, um, from fantasy perspective, I wouldn't be picking him over Fields. Yeah. Or I think you did the right thing. But even on a regular NFL perspective, I still think, which we discussed a few weeks ago, I still think he's in that Rogers camp of, okay, they're they're supreme kind of talented, gifted guys in, in NFL. But it's rare now. It's like once every so often they do that, what he did in that drive. It's not a consistent thing kind of throughout a whole game, let alone week in, week out. No, I... I would agree. He's, he's, he, on his standards, he's obviously uh, they've got a losing record at the moment. The Bucks, um, they're not they're not they're not performing as as they'd expect, and he's clearly not. And be at the off field incidents, yeah, but it's that elite mentality that came through where everybody else was. I choose a, 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 a rather crude expression: shit in the bed. He just did what he did, what he does best, and that that would be something that I know. I was there were two games on red zone. I had one. I was beginning to drift, thinking about going to bed, and then I watched that, and I'm so pleased I did. It. I just kept having absolutely uh, drawn to it, and uh, the main things that made me fall in love with um, with with American football and with Tom Brady. Um, so yeah, it was just it was great to see. But and then again, going back to Rogers. Feels like he's blaming everybody around him. But at times it did feel that Brady, you know, was looking at some of the, like the receivers, the tight ends, that the, those the guys who weren't making the catches or making the plays. And uh, Tony Romo, obviously, he's, um, he knows what he's talking about. He said that's not. He said certain throws weren't on Brady. That's perfect. The guy should be catching it. All this sort of stuff. Um, so yeah, it's. Um, I just, I just think it's the, the elite mentality, and it's. Uh, I know it's why. Cristiano Ronaldo is still a discussion point in football. He can do something in the big games. And yes, he's not going to be the, he's not killing Mbappe or Josh Allen, but he's still a a useful weapon to have. Yeah. Paul, final thoughts on your quarterback for the Essex Musketeers, the Mouseketeers, Tom Brady. (laughs) uh, Are you with Lionel on this? Well, I am a Brady fan. Uh, I think like every sport needs a Tom Brady, like you just said, like Ronaldo. Every sport needs that superstar. Love him or hate him. Uh, I like Brady. I he I managed to 
in a trade last season, I got Brady as my quarterback and he was fantastic. I think I gave Stafford to the Wolfpack and I got Brady in return, something like that. And he was brilliant. I was, he was 30 points. I think he was the second top scoring quarterback in the league, fantasy league last year. So I ended up with a really good deal and I picked him again this season because he'd been so good for me. Um, I did pick a quarterback a little bit late, um, but Brady was there and I thought he's my man. He's not been as good as last season. I think bar one game this season, he's thrown only one touchdown pass. I think one game he got two touchdown passes. It's one touchdown, one touchdown, mm. one touchdown. Obviously, he's not a runner, so you're not getting them rush yards like you would with a field, something like that. So, yeah, I agree with you, Lino, that the, the weapons at his disposal are not there, the, the receivers are not there. But in general, has he still got something to offer in certain games? Yes. Is he going to be consistent? Not too sure. Okay. Well, let's let's watch and wait. The jury will just deliver his verdict in due course as he approaches the end of his very final season, I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> guys, the last thing uh, in our three things is from me this week. And look, my, my thing, I, I, I don't know why. It's got nothing to do with the team I follow. It's got nothing to do with fantasy. It's a bugbear I've got with these oligarchs who own NFL teams who sack coaches through what is technically a quite a short season compared to a lot of other sports. You know, it's not NBA, it's not, you know, Premier League football, it's not, you know, it's a 17-week season, then some playoff games if you're lucky. And the Colts went and, and fired Frank Reich and I just, I can't get my head around it. And I wanted to talk about it and get your both of your opinions on it because I just, I sit back and I go, why why sack the head coach? Because there's so many coaches in an NFL team. You've got the coordinators on offense, defense, special teams, you've got positional coaches, you've got trainers, you've got like you've got it feels to me like you've got so many more layers of coaching involved, and you've got general managers above you. And all right, we'll just get rid of the head coach halfway through a season, one person gone. As if that's gonna suddenly fix everything between now and the end of the year. I just I can't, I I just I, I almost believe. It's a bit petulant by some of these owners when they do that. Do it at the end of the year, fine. You're not happy. Clear the house, clear decks, get some new faces in. And new faces, not face, but faces. Let's oh. get rid of just one head coach or, or one coach, you know, um, mid, mid-season. It just when, yeah, clearly the Colts are playing badly. Yeah, they've not recovered from bad mistake after bad mistake since Andrew Luck retired um, in pre-season a couple of years back. But I don't know. What do you both think? I can't... I, for me, it's just petulant and it doesn't really show good management of a franchise. Uh, obviously, you, 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 you touched on upon the subject of um, not as many games as there are in it's 30, is it 38 games in the Premier League, uh, mm. plus cup games, etc. NBA is 80-odd um, plus. I, I kind of understand that. But and I think the, the, the question is, what are they expecting to happen? It's not, and the consequences of finishing low are normally quite positive for a franchise. Your your draft higher, so it's not like you're you've got to stay up. You've got to do something to um, uh, to avoid relegation. Uh, so yeah, it's it's quite it's quite interesting. I think what's going to happen? Who's going to come in, and who and what's that person expected to do? You, I'm my assumption is that there's been an argument with the owner or the GM or clash of person I would say with their star player but they don't really have one uh, <laughs> it's, it, it's true you can understand it don't you know, yeah. Russell Wilson saying this guy's yeah, yeah, an idiot yeah. he's got to go yeah. or um, 
or or, or whatever. Um, but yeah, you can't you can't imagine a, you know, a running back, a Jonathan Taylor or Stephon Gilmore have got that much weight in that locker room that they they want him out. So yeah, it's quite quite surprised. It'll be interesting what they're what they're planning to bring in. Have they got somebody lined up? Again, I don't know if there's a com- conveyor belt of talent uh, managers like there are on. Uh, I know. You, you, in the Premier League, you fire a manager in the Premier League, you bring one in from La Liga or uh, Serie A, whatever it might be. So it's uh, it's yeah, it's interesting what 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 they'll do. But yeah, quite what surprised. You, what do you think, Paul? Am I am I wrong thinking that they're just being petulant owners? Uh, yeah, possibly. I think one thing I could think of, like watching Hard Knocks the last few years, you get like that more of a behind the scenes of what's actually going on. In the back room. I mean, yeah. and previously mm. to them shows, I never used to see it. I mean, obviously the, the the head guy like gets that final decision to a degree because he's probably still got a GM above him. Have they actually got as much power as you think? Because like you just said, Fitz, there's all these other coaches involved in all of the decisions. I mean, on that hard knocks, when they sit around a table, there's sometimes like 30 people there and they're all having their input. So is it all down to just one guy? I'm not always so sure. Maybe every franchise runs differently, but it does seem like there are a lot of voices in the room. Yeah. Yeah. That's, um, that's, that's it in a nutshell, isn't it? Go on, yeah, you finish say, off. I know, there's, there's, uh, there's talk about, I know, Managers in the Premier League under under pressure. Klopp was under pressure early on in the season. Is Bill Belichick under any pressure at the Patriots? That that's never. That, or or, or <laughs> Mike Tom my, or Mike Tomlin at the the Steelers. No. Uh, they seem to be in total control of those franchises. Yeah. And I know obviously we've seen the Jags go through multiple coaches uh, and I know the Lions as well and the Jets. And you can obviously sometimes it it, it is, but. Um, to your point with um they would have thought they had Andrew Luck as a franchise quarterback for the next ten years. Yeah. And they they would have drafted uh the fact he this is you can't tell, he might have got injured in preseason and just had enough. But the fact he I don't know, when they went into that draft, they thought they've got an elite QB. Uh and that has a massive knock on effect for the, the franchise moving forward. Yeah. Well guys, let's see what happens. Will they end up with the first overall pick? They'll be probably fighting the Texans for that, uh, I'm sure, coming the end of the season. Um, but as ever, thanks for your uh, three things this week. Okay, guys, that was what three things as ever. Well, Flem's not here, so uh, honours fall to me to just run us through the results for the ASFL as we've completed week nine. Okay, we'll start with top of the table, the Bears and Grizzlies, 220 points faced the Musketeers, Mouseketeers of Essex, uh, who got 265 and got the win. So the Grizzlies at 7 and 1 drops to 7 and 2. Mouseketeers go from 4 and 4 to a 5 and 4 record. 
in second place, Stallions face off against the ball bags of Mr. Fleming. Resulted in Stallions 203, the ball bags 184. Stallions go from 6 and 2 to joint top 7 and 2 with the Grizzlies. Ball bags, meanwhile, drop from 5 and 3 to 5 and 4. And now joint third place with the Musketeers. And our next team, the Wolfpack, who faced the Renegades. Wolfpack beat the Renegades 214 to 167. So they're at 5 and 4 also. Renegades are 2 and 7 after being 2 and 6 the week before. And in the final matchup of the week, saw the Wifleet Sharks 169 points, closest game of the week, to 162 of the Rocking Game Alligators. Sharks go from 3 and 5 to 4 and 5, chasing that playoff berth, trying to secure it before the season comes to a close. Gators drop to a miserable 1 and 8, 1 and 8 record track for the worst ever ASFL record in history. Guys, let's dive into the matchups and we'll start with those Bears Den Grizzlies who are top of the table facing off against the Essex Musketeer Musketeers of yours truly, Paul Radden. Paul, walk us through uh, your matchup. How do you feel? Well, obviously... Extremely happy. I mean, who wouldn't be? I'm playing top of the table. Um, and fair play to Barry. He's been having a great season. Uh, obviously, for listeners who regularly listen, they know that Barry didn't have a first round pick this season because I had it. Um, <laughs> it, so... he had a me- it, it did he mention it? <laughs> I'm sure he's not mentioned that before. <laughs> so, yeah, he, he's he been doing very well. Without that first round pick, seven and one. His one was also to me, uh, so I'd beat him previously in the season, Ooh. and now I'm the two as well. So I've done the double over him. That's a franchise record for the Musketeers. I've, n- I've never done the double over any team. Um, so, yeah, I'm very, very happy. Also, maybe I fluked it a little bit. I'm not going to lie. I signed Justin Fields off of waivers. He got me 43 points, and Joe Mixon has the game of his life. So don't, there you go. Don't say you fluked it. You made a no, conscious no, decision no. to sign him off waivers. <laughs> no one told you to do that. Come on, man. True. Oh, yeah, yeah. There was a little bit of um, uh, homework involved, but fair play to Barry as well. He still scored two, I mean, 220 points, and to lose is is harsh. Um, I suppose for you, Lino, you only dream of 220 at the moment. All right. Come on. I think I got 230 last week, I think, and lost. Yeah, you did. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so um, I, I, it was, yeah, it was, the fact you were so far ahead at the start. And yeah, were you watching on Red Zone? Yeah, yeah, full Red Zone. In fact, it was actually close all the way through. Like on the prediction, predicted scores, although we don't go off the predictions, the, the start of the predicted scores were nowhere near. And also, we both seemed to jump to predicted 230, and it yeah. was 230, 235 yeah. consistently all the way through. And I must admit, I did get a bit panicky when uh, DeAndre Hopkins started like a man on fire, he had like 10 points in the first quarter. Yeah. And I don't know what happened for the rest of the game because he got 12 points the whole game. He, he started on fire. But um, Barry had a great defense. Patriots defense got him like 30 points. So he had some standouts as well. And it was just one of them weeks where two teams both got a lot of points and there's got to be a loser. And uh, thank God okay. it was Barry. Oh, congrats, congratulations! And I, I mean, that must, have been, that must have been something I could only dream of, really. <laughs> we, and you've got to, you've got to, you know, send condolences to, you know, the uh, Grizzlies getting two twenty and still losing. You know, last week he was miles ahead and he was complaining about potentially losing. This week he didn't mention potentially losing once and he got absolutely smashed by uh, forty five points. So, 
you know, uh, it's a tough loss for the Grizzlies. We've had no voicemail message from the Grizzlies this week, unfortunately. So we'll have to check in with uh, Mr. Barry Ranking down the line in a future pod, see how he's coping with um, having to share that top spot with <laughs> our second matchup. And that's my Chilton Stallions beating the uh, ball bags, the Bonali ball bags of Mr. Ewan Fleming, who's not with us tonight. Uh, 203 to 184. Uh, Fleming left us this voice note, even though he couldn't be with us. Not much to say, really. Lost. Deserved to lose. Worried that my team's going to take a bad turn now on a two-game losing streak. Uh, Did I peak too soon? Story of my life, pal. Okay. um, Now, the only thing I'll say about this matchup, and I'll be quite brief, I mean, I wouldn't expect anything less from Mr Fleming and his voicemail to the Commissioner's uh, hotline there. Um, the biggest thing I took delight on, uh, aside from going joint top, is one thing that really stood out to me. And I looked at the uh, box scores on the Fantasy app, and I was looking at this uh, again this morning and just having a little giggle to myself. We talked about this on a previous pod. Etienne of the Jacksonville Jaguars, who Fleming drafted and gave up on. He drafted, drafted him, he's drafted him high. That's drafted him high. I think it was like the fourth, fourth, fourth round. Fourth round, yeah. absolutely yeah. right. Drafted him fourth round, gave up on him, dropped him. Uh, and this week I picked him. He got 27.6 points, my best scoring running back. He got more points than anyone, anyone at all on Fleming's entire, uh, in fact, I'm just looking for it now, not a single player on Fleming's squad got him higher than that. That's a revenge game for Etienne. That's a revenge game, and he will be seething from that because it's his own. This is all of his own making. He dropped him, and he's come back, scored more points than any single player on the ball bags, and uh, and now I, I, I can't believe I can't believe he dropped him. And this is the you'd think obviously um, he's well above me in the league, so it's, it's, I, I've held on to Drake London out of hope. <laughs> it's, it's, it's 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 that kind of. Uh, it's the it's the kind of thing. Surely, mm. being, I've I've bet fourth round pick. He, he's not offered him as a trade. Nope. All that sort of stuff. It just to put him onto waivers when yeah. probably he probably didn't need to. No, he, he put him onto waivers early and um, yeah, before the bye weeks and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, that must be yeah, terrible, terrible. Yeah. Must be must must be painful for the poor man. Uh, so we'll 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 see. And, and on the note of clean sweeps, that's the Stallions beating the Ballbags two and zero this season in the regular season as well. Much like your uh, Musketeers beat the Grizzlies poor two and zero. So another clean sweep, Fleming. If you've got a sound drop for a clean sweep, kind of someone sweeping up, that'd be great. If you just drop that in now, mate. Thanks very much. How would you like to suck my balls? Um, guys, let's move on to our third matchup. Uh, and that is uh, Lino, your Reading Renegades, 167, losing 214 to the Wolfpack. Uh, and we've got a voice note from uh, Steve, the manager of the Wolfpack, that we'll play now. And you'll get to hear how he reacted to this week's victory over the Renegades. Week nine. Wow. That was awesome. The games in the NFL were incredible. The games between the fantasy players were really tight in so many situations. Oh, there's some people upset this week. Poor old alligators. What to say? Grizzlies beaten the leaders. Unbelievable. Makes things tight at the top. But more importantly, Wolfpack came through. 214 points. 
versus projected 181. I'm super happy with that. Good team. We're building our confidence. We're getting a win streak going. Come on, back. Let's head into week 10 and try and get a win against the tough musketeers who are looking to super The fact he didn't mention the Renegades pretty much sums, sums the team. The team, the team he who? was playing. Who, who did I play? Uh, to be, uh, to be honest, this was the week I was was dreading. Now I would like to say I was like Paul and planned out all the uh, all the bye weeks and was screwed by McCaffrey moving from the Panthers to 49ers. Got quite a few 49ers players, etc. But no, that wasn't the case. I when I looked at my team, I was like, wow. I was not expected to do well. The, the frustrating side from from my my point of view was my offense was terrible. My wide receivers all got single figures, and um, <clears throat> I've previously dropped Juju Smith Schuster. He seems to have picked up since being dropped. I even dropped my man Alan Lazard because I thought he was injured, but he did like, eighteen points or something. So it wasn't wasn't amazing. But yeah, uh, expected to lose, uh, but. I expected to one stage to get less than 100 points. I was quite pleased. I think my defense individual players uh, did well, and that's what I'm now clinging on to with I know, all my 49ers players back. Uh, and, uh, yeah, big things, big things projected for us. And if I lose to the Alligators, you probably never hear from me again. I'll probably exit the group. I probably won't even accept uh, trade offers. I'll just bury my head in the sand and uh, reappear, <laughs> reappear, with, reappear with my wooden spoon next season. Turn up at the draft. Happened. Turn yeah. up at the draft, <laughs> Pay, pay, paid for fantasy plus what? or whatever it is. What? Who won? Who won? <laughs> oh, <laughs> sorry, guys, change my number. <laughs> I think um, again, I, I liked that he was more upbeat. I, I liked that he felt like he wanted to talk about other games because, as you say, your game was so in- inconsequential. But the thing I still want to hear from uh, Steve, the Wolfpack GM, I want to hear when he wins. I want to hear a little wolf howl. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. I want to hear him if <laughs> he embodied the Wolfpack. Like yeah. A bit like Ted, bit like Ted Lasso. <laughs> More Lasso, please, Mr. Bland. It really would, really would want to hear that. Okay, and now we turn to the final matchup: the uh, Byfleet Sharks beating the Ockingane Alligators one six nine to one six two. Sharks go to four and five on the season. The hapless Alligators drop to one and eight. And guys, I'm going to jump straight to the voicemail of the Ockingane Alligators GM, Ewan Broadwood. Is an absolute threat. One target, five yards, screws my season, deck. <laughs> I mean, the fact that the Gators GM dealt to me, and I really appreciate that. You know, it must be tough being one and eight. I mean, no one's had a bad, worse start to a season than this. Um, and he was projected to win. He needed 10 points from Duvernay. And, <sighs> and another player. And, and a linebacker. A linebacker. Uh, 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 players. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he, was pre- he was predicted to win by 15 points before going to bed. I, yeah. the, the thing I, I remember, and I'll share this with listeners, Tuesday morning, woke up, as, you, as we do, fantasy football players, check your app in the UK, looked at the score, and I felt for him. I didn't let him laugh. I was like, oh, no. And then immediately I sent a picture to the WhatsApp group with a picture of Duvernay saying not his fault. Because for me, it's not his fault. He only got thrown to once. I mean, it's a little bit his fault, but isn't it? The yeah, coordinator, he, the quarterback. It's other well, he, could, he could have got open. Yeah, <laughs> He could have yeah. looked, looked, looked on fire in training. 
<laughs> There's nothing worse than having that prediction. All you need is nine points. We've you got two players, and one of them's a wide receiver. You yeah. should be smashing it. And yeah. you know, Duvernay just knew he was an alligator. He knew they were shit. He was like, "Now, nah, do you know what? Nah, forget it. I'm going to ruin this guy's life." <laughs> So, I love him. I now love Duvernay. So, so, so just to confirm, he got 27 points last week or something like that? Yeah, something like that. And he yeah. was on the alligator's bench. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really shouldn't laugh because I know he's going to triple captain Duvernay this week. I know he's on a bye week, actually, because uh, Lamar Jackson, my QB, was yep. the one. I, 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 I went to bed thinking, Lamar Jackson, 50 points. He got 48 once last season. Why not? Why not? Got 20. So, I was, yeah, that didn't yeah. cover my, my cap. So, no. Yeah. Because he was on a four-game losing streak going into that. So, it was yeah. a needed win for the Alligators. But Nick as well, he, he needed uh, that bad. Well, he's... Yeah, I, I thought Nick was... I think Barry called it a tumbling thing and... Yeah, I'm still obviously hopeful that he continues to tumble. I actually wanted uh, the Alligators to win. So I was, when I beat the Alligators this week, I'd be secure in the playoffs and mm. could relax a little. But now it's, I've got a bridge. Well, a bridge. to be fair, I've got, to, I've got to beat the Alligators and the Sharks. And uh, I'm sure, uh, I'm sure, I'm sure one of you guys would do, you know, you'd know, you'd bench a few players in for, for me. <laughs> <laughs> Well, let's. Uh, it's against the alligators, no problem. Well, let's let's uh, let's hope for things turn, you know, onto a better course for the old alligators, and they find uh, calmer waters for their troubled franchise. Um, as you've hinted at there, as we cl- kind of close up the results segment, we've got a couple of teams fighting. We've got the Grizzlies and the Stallions seven to two each at the top, both comfortable at the moment in those kind of uh, bye week spots for the playoffs coming up. We've got the Ball Bags, Wolfpack, Musketeers, all five and four. Two, two wins behind. Not impossible to catch up those first two teams. We've got the Sharks one game behind on four and five. And that's, that rounds off your playoff teams. Then the Renegades, Andrew, Lino, you are two games behind the Sharks, but you've got to play them still. You've got two and seven. And then the Alligators, who you face this week at one and eight. You've got to think, as we look ahead, next week's matchups are going to be crucial. And let me run you through week 10. So week 10 sees the Stallions face the Sharks. It sees the ball bags and the Grizzlies face off. It's the Alligators and Renegades battle on the bottom. If the Gators win, you've got to think that's, you know, the bottom two teams securing their spots for the rest of the season. And then the Musketeers, Musketeers facing against the Wolfpack. Guys, good luck in week 10. Uh, thanks for your contributions in this roundup segment of the week nine in the ASFL. Okay, guys, last segment, AOB. Paul, you've got something for this week. Over to you. Yeah, I just feel, obviously, I'm only still new to this, I think, in the fantasy football world, only my second season. But I'd like to talk a little bit about the highs and lows of being a fantasy football manager, because I've noticed it a little bit in the group with people, not just this season, but last season as well. It's like... 
You, you, mean, um, you, mean, you mean James and Barry going at each other? <laughs> no, not just that. And Barry is included. Hey. Do you know what it is? It's the it's your commitment. Now, we all want to win. At the start of the draft, everybody's positive. This could be my season, blah, blah, blah. But it doesn't take long for all of a sudden you've picked up a few losses and you're like, I'm not really that interested this year. It's not a big deal. And I, and I think like it happened with Barry because Barry, I think, started the season not really with a lot of expectations himself. That's how it seemed. And I don't blame him because he didn't have a first round pick. His team looked okay, but nothing spectacular. And it was just obvious like in our little WhatsApp group that as his team kept winning and when he was getting near the top, all of a sudden it all become much more serious. Um, and I just think that goes for all of us. Um, last season was new for me. And for those who don't know, I only won two games. It was fun. It was annoying, but this season, because I've got them a few more wins, I, I'm not going to lie, I'm going to look really sad here, right? But Sunday nights, I'm having trouble sleeping because I'm actually thinking, <laughs> I wonder what the scores are. And I'm saying to myself, like, oh, now I'm getting God. old. Sometimes I get up in the night to go loo, and I think, do not look at your phone. Do not look at your phone. And I sit there trying to get back to sleep thinking, I think the game's finished. I think... I wonder what I scored. And I and I think, all right, I'll have a quick look. Then I start skimming and I'm like, sometimes you're happy, sometimes you're not. It's just, am I this only person who does this? Is this completely normal um, to start it? Not taking over your life, but it's a little bit of an addiction. <laughs> Thoughts? <laughs> I, for, for me, when I'm doing badly, it's worse. Like last season when I was winning the majority of games, uh, and I was excited. The players were were performing. I was always projected to win, and they always seemed to deliver. Uh, that was that was quite easy. I'd, I'd wake up and expect to see it, and at no point did I ever get that kind of shock of "Oh my God, I've done an alligator." Um, but this this, <laughs> this season, this 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 season, I've been. I know you. I wake up. It's the first thing on my mind. It's an awful thing to say, uh, and you end up sort of looking at your phone. And you're, you're kind of, I don't know, before you look at it, you're like, right, what am I hoping to see? And then you imagine it, you picture it, and then you log on and it's just, oh, God. Oh, no. <laughs> it can be, like, depressing. <clears throat> also, as well, I don't know about you guys, like, this season as well, like, because I've got an Apple phone, it tells you, it gives me, like, a warning of how much I'm using my phone. And every week it says, like, your, your percentages are up this week. And I know it's just because of the stupid NFL fantasy app. I'm always on it. I'm always researching and looking because now I've got the taste of them few wins. You just want more. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm interestingly the opposite to you, Lino. If I'm last season, I was in the middle of the pack, and I'm, you know, I, I should get a playoff spot, and I'm like, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll play it like I normally would play it. Uh, this year, I'm joint top this after this week's results. This year, I'm taking it much more. Like I take it like to what you've been describing, Paul. I'm not like up in the middle of the night or anything, but it is the first thing I check on a Monday morning when you wake up. You know, my little toddler, I can hear him. You know, I'll be there in a minute, mate. Just <laughs> get the app on first. <laughs> Just want to see what's going to the scores. Uh, if you go to bed on a Sunday, whatever time it is, and you look like you're there or thereabouts, winning or losing, I think you have a better night's sleep. I it's agree. when it's neck and neck, whichever way, that's the hard bit. And then if you if you're you lino, you you know if you're down at the bottom, you, you care a bit more. For me, if you're at the top, I care a bit more. Um, 
but I do take your point, Paul. I think it's a really good shout. It's it becomes, I think it becomes ingrained. And and the question I have for you both then on this on, on as a bridge off this, which I think is linked to it. Do you talk to anybody outside of our group about it? So did you go in to work or a friend or you know a parent or so I don't know? Do you talk to anybody and go, oh, fantasy football team? You know, I'm interested. Yeah. Do you? I, I um, well. I'm actually, I'm a Spanish speaker as well as an English speaker. And I speak to my Spanish friends about fantasy football. <laughs> they have no idea what I'm going on about. And now I'm talking about fantasy football in another language, but they can see Easy. I'm very passionate about it. Um, in fact, one of them's learned quite a bit. One of my friends, Jorge, he's um, he's learned quite a bit. He knows how shocking the Lions are now. Um, he, first thing he says, how did your team get on this week? And I'm like, <laughs> oh, well, you're not going to believe what's happened. So, yeah, sort of, I've gone international, not just local. <laughs> Love it. Love it. I- so I, I recently changed jobs, but my my previous job, they knew exactly how it was going on now. I, I used to work with Barry, the same company. So they knew Barry, so they, they wanted to know what was going on, how it was going. So they, whether that was, I was, that wasn't that was an arrogant, I was their boss, and they were just humoring me, but I thought they were genuinely interested. <laughs> and uh, to, to be fair, one of the lads would always send me his NFL bets, and I would... Uh, uh, Got a match against them, so somebody else we would always talk about how we we seem to do the touchdown triples all the time, and that yeah. was, seemed to be quite 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 lucrative. Um, so yeah, I, I I do talk to people about it, but then the moment I find out somebody likes American football, I, I work now with a lot of Americans, and in my office at home, there's a there's a picture of Tom Brady behind behind me, and um, they've often got, they all seem to be college college fans rather than NFL fans and it's kind of a nice break of conversation and yeah do you like American football I didn't know you English like American football blah 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 and then say yeah do fancy football and then it's yeah but they're they're, they're pretty serious at this point I, I then claim I know nothing about American football and just enjoy it because <laughs> I've had I've had conversations about soccer with American people I'm like yeah shut up yeah yeah I get that I do get that well I, I just I, I think to round us off on this pod Paul I'd like to hear you say good luck gators in Spanish. Okay. Well, I can't really say that because I don't really ever wish the luck to the gators, but just this one time only, buena suerte, alligators. <laughs> Perfect. Gentlemen. You don't know what you, you don't know what alligators is in Spanish, obviously. <laughs> I think it's crocodile, but I didn't want to sell myself up. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, thank you for your company tonight. And uh, as ever, speak to you next week. Go gators. Go gators.